Welcome to Stirring the Pot with Lucas Acida. Joining me today is a reoccurring guest. This is the second time he's been on this pod. Mm-hmm. Not the second time we've done a pod together. No. It is the one, the only, Jared Chapin. Hi. I have another last name, but we won't get into that one because really it's a mouthful and yeah, nobody cares you, to say all that. Do you want all three? Do you want the three, the three name banger? Yeah, because let's give a shout out to the other side of the family. Yeah. Jared Kittleson Chapin. I feel like a dick. Well, because you are. Oh. All right. So we're moving on. We got the man here in front of me. Um, Obviously, I wanted to bring you on because there's some big events in the UFC Mm -hmm. that just recently happened. Uh, I want to get your your brief thoughts on that and just some upcoming stuff. Um, But we don't don't need to spend too much time on that. And then I really wanted to bring you on because of all the friends that I know, you are avidly into pro wrestling. Yeah. So – I feel like I don't have anybody to talk to about this. So, Nerds unite. That's what we're going to do for this <laughs> pod. All right, so let's start off. Uh, Stylebender gets the win over your favorite fighter, right? Uh, Yeah. Robert Whitaker. Uh-huh. Sorry. Um, what are your thoughts on the on the fight? Completely outclassed. Like, Adesanya is a literal superhuman. How does that make you feel about Gastelum? Because Israel went up against... Uh, Gastelum and they went five rounds uh, could be fight of the year and mm-hmm. then he goes up against Whitaker who we thought was not that he's not you know just because this is one fight that didn't go his way doesn't mean that he's bad now yeah. all of a sudden but he, he's just a great striker so to see him get outclassed on the feet like that inside of two rounds really could if the first round was five seconds longer it would have been inside of one round but mm-hmm. uh, early second round stoppage uh, KO how do you feel about Whitaker at the moment right now? Uh, tough loss. Uh, I mean, it's not like Whitaker's like some uh, unconquerable fighter uh, of his time because, I mean, he spent a lot of time in 170, which probably wasn't his weight class, but he has that, – that's, that's what his fifth loss now. Yeah. He's lost a bunch. Yeah. You know, he got he got beat by Stephen Thompson pretty bad. Or, no, did he beat Stephen Thompson? Uh, no, I think he got knocked out by Steven Thompson. So basically, like, he's really, really good against Brutes, Brawl, like, against probably most of the division, but against guys who are, like, just incredible strikers, like Thompson, like Adesanya, he's probably just going to get outclassed. I think he can beat a guy like, uh, uh, Borchino, though. Like, I think Whitaker is, like, in the top 90th percentile yeah. of his division. I think there's, he could beat almost everybody in, uh, 185. I guess I. I mean, I'm not the hugest Robert Whitaker fan. Uh, that's just because I haven't been following him that long. Like, the only two fights previously that I saw him in were both Romero fights, and I think you could make an argument that the second one, uh, it was it's at least a draw, let alone it could have totally went the other way. Mm-hmm. Definitely up for debate. It's probably one of the three best fights I've ever seen. Yeah. Um, so going in, I, I, I guess I was, I was rooting for Israel Adesanya, but... Uh, I think that's just more of a general um, popular pick, just in the sense that I think it's good for the UFC that he uh, holds the belt and that he's kind of this new guy who's fun, who references all these different things. Um, he's decent on the mic. Obviously, he's not like he did, he talks shit, but it's different when a good guy talks shit compared to like Chael Sonnen or Conor McGregor, you know, really digging in. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like confident shit talk. Like he's just really just boasting about how good he really is. I think he's unapologetic. He's unapologetic about it. Yeah, I think that he is just a good person that can kind of be the face of the UFC, uh-huh. and that an average fan who doesn't really watch fights can be like, "Oh, he's fighting this weekend. I know that guy. That's the guy who does the freaking Naruto 
things before yeah, at the end of his fights. Mm. You know? Which is kind of what the UFC needs right now. Yeah, like, I they just, don't really I just, have a face because Connor was, but then now he's gotten in so much trouble and he's is kind just of, hasn't fought. Yeah, he just I simply mean, hasn't fought. And doesn't he need just to. Just keeps getting in trouble. Yeah, um, and Jones, he could have been, but no, he's obviously we're talking about the trouble. Worst human being of all time. So I think that um, it's fun that the UFC kind of has. I'm not gonna. Not that they're very similar, but they kind. They might have found John Cena to to kind of be the face of the UFC. Yeah, the, it could be like guy people can root for. It, even like kids, you know. It I, could be like their new Anderson. Yeah. Yes. But um, because Anderson yeah. was so popular. Yep. Nobody hated him. I well, that's he was the thing, so entertaining. Though, because by the end of his career, he was really showboating. He'd put his hands down. Um, very, very cocky. Very, very, and I hope we don't see at least that. Obviously, Israel has a bunch of confidence, mm-hmm. and he he doesn't apologize for one bit of it. But I hope we don't start to see it in his fights as well. Yeah, but it wasn't offensive because he would do that, and then he would still starch a guy. Correct. You know, so it, that's what made him so popular and so entertaining. And not only that, I mean, now you don't have that that English barrier either. I know you're excited for his. Uh, it looks pretty set in stone. His next fight is against. Is it? Paulo Costa? Paulo da Costa. Da Costa. Yeah, Brazilian uh, juice head, as uh, Israel likes to reference him as. Literally looks like a freaking Greek god. Yeah, he's an action figure. It's like, when you saw him fight Romero, it was just like... Oh, Do you think he won that fight? That's another one I think can go either way. But then again, when you're fighting Yoel Romero, there's going to be a lot of stops. There's yeah. a lot of breaks in the fight. I don't know. You know, That one's another one that could have won either way. Uh, I'd I'd give it to Paulo. Yeah, yeah. Just, I mean, if that's a five round, fight, it was slim. If that's a five round fight, I think Yoel Romero beats him. Yeah, unfortunately, it wasn't. You know, you got to be active too. Like you that's have true. to be active in a fight. That's like true. you can't have these breaks in the action or do some of that weird shit that always happens in a Romero fight. Yeah. So you know, while Romero's a beast, and God, I wish he fought like ten years before he started. Oh, and like, well, he's like forty three now. Yeah. Like, could you imagine him at, like, 30, 33 like, years yeah, old? Yeah, 28-year-old Yoel Romero. <sighs> Give me a break. Good luck. <laughs> Come. Jesus. But to to circle it back, because you asked about Gastelum. Yeah. How, does that, how do I view Gastelum after that? If Gastelum could stay disciplined, and I don't know if it's a discipline thing. I don't know. Because you have to be disciplined to be, like, this high level of a fighter. But, man, if that dude could keep his weight in check, mm-hmm. if he could stay in 170 – I think he could beat anybody in 170. I think that just goes to show how good his boxing is, is that he was able to just beat up Stylebender for yeah. five rounds. You That's know? his hardest fight to date. Yeah. I mean, he won that fight, but, like, his face was freaking all swollen afterwards. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think he should have went the distance. I think that the ref probably should have called it in mm-hmm. the in the fifth. Uh, but that doesn't mean that Gastelum still didn't give him the, the, the best fight that we've seen so far. Yeah. Like, Gastelum eventually, like, when it came down to the wire, he got outclassed because Adesanya is so good on the feet. But this this kind of sets in motion. The winner of Gastelum Till could get Whitaker. Yeah. Like, Whitaker could get the winner of those two. Well, that's what I was going to say is – oh, yeah, we are getting Gastelum Till. Yeah, that's what I was going to say is that Gastelum uh, Whitaker would be pretty spicy. It would. That would be a That'd tough be fight. A- for two, Those are my two favorite guys. Are they really? Yeah, those are my two favorite guys What's completely. What's up with you and middleweights, dude? Well, I am a middleweight. Oh, that makes that all makes sense now. But, like, Gaslam reminds me of me. Thick-bodied. Uh, okay. Little, little 
a little too chunky for the division. Should yeah. be a lot lighter, uh-huh. but you know, makes up for makes up for that with him being like really good with his fucking fists. Yeah. And then Whitaker is just the most likable dude. Like he's great, just a stand-up great guy. Post fight interview. Mm-hmm. Oh, just all class. Nobody takes it on the chin better than him. Yeah, I, you know, oddly enough, I mean, obviously he gets in tons of trouble and he's just a thing of his own. But I feel like Connor does a pretty good job of after a fight. I mean, I guess with this Khabib loss, he's on Twitter every other day and he's talking this and that. But when he lost to Nate, you know, he he took it on the chin and just wanted a rematch. And I think that's pretty much what yeah. is happening again. But this time we see an example of him not getting it. And now he's, it is kind of like a little kid, just like, what? Like, I, you're not getting what they want. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you're Conor McGregor, you can do whatever you want. Yeah. I mean, the bank account allows him to do whatever the hell he wants, <laughs> yeah. as, as proven by his personal life, punching yeah. old men in a bar. <laughs> Probably going to get away with that. I wonder what – no, he did uh, – He well, like he in got, the US. He got charged, but yeah. he's – I wonder what that guy said to him. <laughs> I don't want to drink your shit, you whiskey. Like, you think no. – I, like, I can't imagine <laughs> that that's the only thing that he said. I don't know. You know, Connor, he's probably flapping the gums pretty That's recklessly. That's true. I don't know. Not that I'm saying whatever's right or wrong. I'm just curious, you know, because it seems like if you're going to talk shit, a UFC fighter is the last person that you're going to, that you should do it to. Unless and, you're Irish. Yeah. And if it's like, <laughs> you think that since he's promoting proper 12, you know, he's got the cameras on him, whatever, um, that, that you're like, oh, he can't do anything to me now. That's like you say whatever, and then you <laughs> freaking lit up in a bar. Great bait job. Uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> um, not that I want to spend too much time on that, but just interesting to think about. Yeah. Um, what, do you, what do you think about this next upcoming? Uh, you get the the battle for the baddest motherfucker in the game belt. You get I'm Mas- excited. Masvidal and Nate. This is going to be a gangster-ass throwdown. I know. Who you got? Uh, Masvidal. Really? Yeah. I close, think Close one? No. Really? Yeah. Starches him? Third round, TKO. Really? Yeah, because Diaz, those two idiots can take up beating. But Yeah, Diaz doesn't normally get knocked out, does he? No, the last time I think I remember him getting knocked out was against Josh Thompson. I think knocked him out. And that's a rare feat because him and his brother are just, like, stupid tough. Like, yeah. there's nothing up there that you could hurt. Yeah. It seems like. So, they can take a walloping, but Masvidal is so crisp. He's so much cleaner striking-wise. Diaz is just really tough. He's a good boxer. He good. He good. He can set up stuff really well. But. I guess I. I. I mean, obviously, Masvidal's been fighting for a super, super long time. Like we're talking sixteen years. He's been in the game. Yeah. Um, and he used to fight in the streets too. Yeah, I know he's on the Kimbo Slice videos mm-hmm. in the backyard fighting. Um, I guess I'm not super familiar with just his style. I guess is he? How's his his tank? Is he is he a five round fighter? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because that's, that's kind of like when I think of Nate, that's like his number one thing is that the dude never gets tired. And honestly, the more he gets a little tuned up, kind of the better he gets and the more in groove he gets. And mm-hmm. um, you just see him outwork everybody. Uh, not in the, the way that like Colby does now. It's just nonstop and mm-hmm. never gets tired. But Nate kind of in a crescendo-like fashion just gets better as the fight goes along. Kind of Tony Ferguson's that way too. Mm-hmm. It's like he likes to take a couple before he really starts going. He's like, okay, now this fight, let's yeah. go. Um, so I'm curious. I mean, obviously, Masvidal's just been knocking everybody out this year. Um, so you're expecting the same then? This has fight of the year potential. I think it could be too. Like, it, it might not be. A, it's the main event, isn't it? Yeah. So yeah. it's five rounds? Uh-huh. Oh, hell yeah. And the belt's going to be presented by The Rock too? Yeah. I heard they're making a belt for it. Oh, I know. I can't wait to see it. 
Uh, I was I was talking with somebody in this department who was telling me that. Um, so they're making the belt for it, and you know how you listen to the Rogan Pods, right? Yeah. You know the Burt, Big Burt dude. Burt Kreischer. The, the yeah. The machine. Yeah. Yeah. So like when they have all the comedians on and they do the. Um, Sober October. Yeah. Well, I guess it's just it's kind of just him doing it. So he's got to lose like he's got to be at like two oh five by the end. That's of, a lot of weight for him. I think it's like thirty pounds. He's a big man. So he's got to get to two oh five. I believe. I think it's two. Yeah. Let's say it's two oh five by the time the weigh in for that is. And if he gets it, then they'll like let him like he's gonna basically weigh him at the same weigh in. Wait, at the event? Yeah, at every one. <laughs> and if he gets it, then they're gonna like give him the belt or take a picture with him. <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> That's so, gonna be hilarious. I don't know how true that is, but I was Did you just, see did you see uh what went on with him and Ari Shafir? No, what's going on? Oh, Arjun Fear fucking Cosby'd him. What? Yeah. Oh, roofied him. Yeah, put Molly in his drink without I, him knowing. I was going through, uh, I just, because I don't listen to all the Rogan pods because they're all like four hours long. Uh-huh. So I just watch clips on YouTube and I saw one that says Ari talking about that he drugged Bert. And I'm like, what the hell? Yeah. So I watched it and Bert has a podcast. Like they all have, all each of them, all those guys, like Segura, Bert, Shafir, yeah, Rogan, they all have their own podcast, right? Mm-hmm. And then, like, I I didn't know about this at all until I watched, like, a clip of that podcast where they're all together. Yep. And it said, Ari drug Bert. I was like, what the fuck happened? So I played it. And <clears throat> well, I guess what happened was, like, Ari was on Bert's podcast. And, like, without him knowing, like, popped Molly into his drink. <laughs> and he took it. And then, like, the whole entire time they were on Joe's podcast, Ari was like, Gah. I don't see the big deal. And everyone's just like turning against him like, wait, you really did that? Like, yeah, what's the problem? He's like, where do you even get that? <laughs> what? A- I guess Shafir's I a big drug guy. I guess. So I don't know. But Bert, I guess, is like, he was pretty pissed for a very short amount of time, I guess. And like he mentioned, like his wife hates him, hates Ari right now. Cause oh, like, I bet. Like, fucking, that's, that's terrible. One uh, one last thing I just want to pick your brain uh, UFC-wise is the uh-huh. huge December card. Uh, well, I'm trying to think of what number me. it's going to be. It's the card that's got three title fights. What? Yeah, it's got – so headlining is Colby and Usman. Okay. Um, that will be a good one. Max Holloway and – oh, what's that dude's name? Is it Volkanovski or something? Oh, yeah, that guy's good. And then you got Amanda Nunes fighting again. Who's she fighting? I don't know. Who's she going to destroy this time? No kidding. But what are your thoughts going in just – Oh, and that oh that card also had wait is it that one or is it the I know Johnny Walker's fighting soon I think that's at the Madison Square Garden. Oh, Johnny Walker. Yeah, that uh yeah that's November second because Johnny Walker's fighting Corey Anderson. That's what it is. Yeah. Also, I know somebody who got an opportunity to go to that. Really? I guess somebody a friend of a friend knows Corey Anderson and they could get tickets on the on the cheap, and he passed. Really? Yep. That's gonna be sick. So and MSG, right? So if that person is listening, we're just shaking our heads at you right now. Yeah, or we're subtly asking, yo, hook a brother up. Oh, there's an extra ticket? What the heck? Two extra tickets? What's oh going on? Oh, my gosh. Are you God. kidding me? What? Maybe? New York City? And you mean we're talking pro I, mean, I just want to see The Rock there. Yeah, I just, I don't know. I mean, hey, you know, slide slide something on to, to your brother out of the table. Come oh, so, so Colby Usman, who you got? I actually kind of like Colby. I kind of do too. I think Colby's really good. He's an asshole, he but yeah, I think he is too. 
But I don't know. At this point, it's like obviously he wants you to hate him. He's kind of going for that Mayweather. People tune in to see him lose. I think he's really good, and I just think he's really bad at the act, and I just don't buy it. Um, it's like hate, the act is so bad, it's good. Yeah, I don't hate the guy. It's like a movie that's like so bad. I mean, you end obviously, up he's it. just asking for. He just walks around, make America great again. Hey, he's just asking for all the hate in the world. Um, Took the belt to Trump. Yeah. When he had the interim title. <laughs> like, the dude's catching all the heat. And he's, while it, it's, like, the most, like, beat you over the head kind of way, and I, clearly it's fake, because I've actually, I've heard some stuff on radio interviews and saying, like, the guy's, like, a pretty stand-up guy. He's actually a really nice guy behind the scenes, but he's, the way he's doing it, it it's working for him. So, I mean, more power to him. Although he looks like a gigantic clown. Yeah. But whatever. You know, go for it, Colby. I hope. You lose, but I think you'll win. Oh, so you don't want him to win? You just no, I don't want him to win. I think he's an asshole. Okay, okay, <laughs> okay. Um, okay. So we've talked UFC. Yeah. Um, let's get into the real stuff. Okay. Professional wrestling. Oh yeah, that's right. It's still real to me. Damn it. I gotta know what what age did you get introduced and how did you get introduced? Young. Um, how old are we talking? Okay, so I got introduced when I was probably around eight years old i want to say i didn't get into it when i was super duper young i was probably let me think if 11 is sixth grade then i was probably nine so i'm probably right around the same i was like in fourth grade i think third or fourth no i was in fourth grade yeah yep my my cousin jacob uh who was my best friend at the time he's a little bit he's maybe four years older than me he was into wrestling Uh and of course that gets passed on i think he had a magazine that he gave me and uh, it was almost like a yearbook style, so it had all the wrestlers and all their nicknames and stuff. I still have it. Um, that's when it all started for me. So you said you were you were about eight. Yeah, about eight years old. So it was like fresh off of my parents' separation. <laughs> ah, we're not getting into it like that. No, no, I'm just gonna fuck. That's a long time. That was twenty years ago, baby. The double last name makes so much sense now. That's right. All right, so um, so like they were separated, and my dad and I were living at a hotel for a brief bit because my mom had just moved. Gotcha. And uh, my dad got me an N64 for Christmas, mm. showing my age here. Mm-hmm. And uh, when he did, he bought me a game called WCW versus NWO, oh. and it was an awesome wrestling game. Now my dad always watched wrestling, but I never really paid attention to it or knew what it was when I was younger. In fact, the the youngest memory I have of it is my dad would watch it and, like, The Undertaker would come on, mm-hmm. and I would just be scared shitless, and I'd run away because the dude terrified me. But I really got into it when I started playing this game, and I was like, this is really fun. I was having a blast with it. And there was one wrestler in particular that was on there, and ever since I discovered who he was, I was like, these guys are awesome. These guys are, like, real-life superheroes. Can and I it, guess which person it is? Oh, yeah, go. So it's from the WCW game? Yep. Is it Sting? No. I didn't like Sting at all. I thought he's corny. Okay, so then it's not Hogan then. Because no, it's definitely you, not Hogan. Who the heck would you? And there's nobody from the NWO. No, but I did have a plastic NWO world title belt with the spray painted NWO on it. That was sick. Uh, I'm trying to think. At that time, was the Hitman over in WCW at that time? Mm, not yet. Okay, so who who was it? Rey Mysterio Jr. Is that normal? Because that's, that, like, that's when they had the cruiserweights gotcha. in WCW. And the cruiserweights are what really got me into it because they're doing all this high-flying I, I shit. Guess, I guess I didn't know he's a junior. So that's mm-hmm. 
So Ray Myster- the Ray Mysterio. The Ray Mysterio. He used to be called Ray Mysterio Jr. See, I didn't know he's in WCW. Oh yeah, that's because like they had they brought the cruiserweight division over, and like cruiserweights were cruiserweights were big in like Japan and stuff. Yeah, and because they had like an appreciation for it, it was a lot of high risk, like super entertaining moves, and I loved it. And me being a huge fan of like comics and superheroes when I was younger, Ray Mysterio Jr. really like really took his like put his grips into me because he was wearing a mask he had like a cool outfit oh, and on yeah. top of that he had like a spider-man one like the red and blue spider-man one he just i think he's at the royal rumble or he was somewhere uh last year he was wearing like a wolverine style outfit. yeah yeah he still does that he'll just mix it up that was so cool yeah I love and, that. and it just it like tapped right into it like mm-hmm. for me for my personal interest in it. And then when when I when I saw that I was like I'm I'm hooked like this stuff is awesome. And then when the cruiserweight division was a thing in WCW because it was the only one in the states that was on primetime that was showcasing them, that's what sucked me in. And then so you had like Chris Jericho, Juventud Guerrero, Psychosis, all these guys like all these high flying like Mexican you seem dudes. Like you'd like Chris Jericho. I he's my second favorite. It all makes sense now. Especially back then. Oh, dude, Chris Jericho is an all timer. And just how long he's been in the game. And, and he's still doing his, it. And made himself relevant. We'll get to him. Kept himself relevant. Yeah. We'll uh, we'll get into him a little bit later because he falls into another topic I want to talk with you about. All right. Um, so, Raymond, I think if you if I was to ask, um, like, my buddies from back home, who's yeah. your favorite wrestler? I'd say majority of people I'd ask would probably say Rey Mysterio. Yeah. He's just, I think he's a fan favorite of any age. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's either – it's probably either – you get your your Rey Mysterio fans, or you get Jeff Hardy, because they both just Hardy. Hardy will do. He'll do anything. Especially back then when he's hopped oh. up on drugs. Oh yeah, he didn't so, give a shit. <laughs> he still he literally just got in trouble for like a DUI again. Wow. Well, back then it was worse. Oh, I bet. Because they didn't care. Oh yeah. They're like, yeah, fuck it, hop yourself up on all the pill fucking heroin you want, man. As long as you jump off three ladders and land through, like, ten tables stacked on top of each other and put on a good match for WrestleMania. Okay, so I always forget that you are a little bit older than I am. Yes. So does that mean you grew up in the Attitude Era? Yeah, but I was more of a WCW guy. Wow, that's freaking – wait, so once you got into it, were you watching the show every week? Mm-hmm. So were you there for the uh, the late night – was it the wars that they – Yeah, so, the Monday Night Wars. Yeah. Mm-hmm. My dad so you lived through that? Yeah, my dad was my dad was a WWF guy. Ah. <clears throat> and I was a WCW guy. And so like we had like a deal where like every other week we'd switch back and forth, but like my dad would bogart the TV cuz he's, he's like I'm dad, this is my TV. Who was his guy? Is he uh, a stone cold guy? Yeah. Of course. Kidding me. I feel dad, like My dad's a redneck. I feel like <laughs> stone cold kind of gets I don't want to say slept on. But it's just like nowadays you only hear about The Rock or when The Rock comes back. But as far as I'm concerned, Stone Cold just wipes the floor with The Rock. Stone Cold's the greatest wrestler in my in my in my lifetime. I think that he is his re- technical wrestling the best. Like watching him wrestle, he was old school. Not necessarily, you know. It is kind of dull in a sense. But honestly, The Rock's not a great wrestler either. The The Rock is fun. He's great on the mic. But has the stupidest finishing move ever. Worst finishing move ever. Rock Bottom's pretty sweet. The Rock Bottom's awesome, but he B- Booker T was doing that before him. Yeah. So the book it. The people's elbow. Wow. Dumbest move in American history. It, Literally, it was just a it was a theatrical elbow drop. 
the the only thing that I could say would even compete is the five knuckle shuffle. But then again, that's not a finishing move. That would just later set something else up. Yeah, that's the five moves of death. They're they're equally <laughs> stupid, but <laughs> one at least didn't end a freaking match, you know. Yeah. Like you're telling me you just you just hit a dude with a finisher that was pretty awesome. Yep. Like just a nice good slam. Yeah. And then you're like, you know, a little icing on the cake. I'm going to put this devastating elbow. Wait a second. Taking the, oh, the elbow sleeve. Yeah, oh. this stinky-ass elbow <laughs> sleeve. <that he's laughs> throwing, <laughs> throwing it in the crowd. Somebody yeah. grabs it, and they're like, ooh. Yeah, I'm like, oh, get that out of here. <laughs> Throw it back. Like, if you hit a home run in Wrigley. Yep. Get that shit out of here. <laughs> Fucking stinky. And then runs over you, too. T- like, first off, <laughs> move my arms back and forth a couple times just for show. Like, that's how you knew he was going to be a good actor because he had the most – unnecessarily dramatic fucking elbow drop. Yeah. I think they even come off the top row with it. Also, um, man, I don't know. I think Stone Cold is just the man. You know, he's got one of the greatest finishers of all time. Yeah. He's got one of the – it's simple, but just one of the best entrances, the glass breaking. You know it's your ass. When you Yeah, when you heard the glass break, you oh, knew, yeah. like, this raging redneck is just going to come in here and whip everybody's ass in jean shorts. Oh, yeah. He's wearing jean shorts that he cut himself. And jean he's shorts two... and a freaking vest with no shirt underneath. And knee braces. Yep. Like an offensive tackle. <laughs> like, what are you doing? Like, this guy. Like, this guy got dressed at Goodwill like, and just came in here to whip your ass. Like, oh, five Bud Diesels in. to open up a can of whoop ass. Oh. Let's not forget. Oh, yeah. And uh, then to cap everything off, too, which made him amazing, mm-hmm. was the fact that this beer-gutted, bald hillbilly who just probably climbed out of a trailer and rides a four-wheeler in from time to time. Yep. Goes in there, whips your ass, whips your ass, whips your ass, whips your ass, whips the owner's ass, embarrasses his daughter, and then has some dude at the ready with a cooler hucking beers to him in the middle of the ring that he's just slamming everywhere. Which, if you would do that, which ha- which did happen a couple times before, before the end of the show, you're now you're wrestling on a soaked wrestling ring that smells like PBR everywhere. <laughs> This guy did not give a shit. I loved him. Can we just give a shout-out to the Booker T grocery store fight? Oh, the greatest one ever. Oh, yeah. Are you kidding me? <laughs> it's, it's, the greatest, it's the greatest scene in wrestling history. This guy is out here just going on a casual shopping trip. And, mind you, they had history. And all of a sudden, camera is, like, just focused on Booker T. And you just hear... And it just pans to the left, and you just see Stone Cold just creeping behind him like a psychopath and just starts whipping his ass all through a Safeway. Just done. Like, you're fucked. You're fucked. Clean up on aisle, dumbass. Like, it was the greatest thing ever. It, it was great. And, and in all honesty, it's probably like every white supremacist's favorite scene. <laughs> like, no offense. Ouch. But let's be honest. Like, that wouldn't, I don't think that scene would work today. Just given, like, the, like, climate of things with oh, how like quick that, people are to react. That's obviously not the best thing. No. But just Especially what Triple H did to Booker T is one of the worst things. I don't remember that one. It's just because this is right when they were getting a few dudes from WCW. So okay. the big match that was The invasion? Up, first off, when he's talking about him over the mic, mm-hmm. said some pretty <gasps> rough oh, stuff, dude. I vaguely remember this. Like, talking oh. about, like, referring to, like, those kinds of people yeah and it's like holy shit did he just say that and then they Mm -hmm. fight at wrestlemania right so it's triple h booker t singles match it's built up right yeah he beats him in like 
it's the it's a super short match and Triple H just whoops his ass and yeah. that's it. Squash match after very obvious racism. So that's an all time low. Yeah, it's a company. very all time low. Um, but anyway, um, let's move a little bit. Okay, so you grew up in the Attitude Era. Correct. Uh, did you watch into um, like the later two thousands? Like when did you stop watching? I guess. I took a break from watching probably right when I got into high school. Okay. So and, like who? What would have been going on around that time? Uh, so that I kind of stopped watching after. Because I was I was always a SmackDown guy. Okay. SmackDown like I well, what, what I stopped year did watching. You start high school, I guess. I st- my first year in high school was 2006. Oh, so that's like right, but that's when Cena is slowly starting to. He Cena's showed up, but he's on SmackDown. That's when in 05 is when he got drafted to Raw. Yeah. So okay, so I know so you're, I you're watching, slowly getting that transition. Like you're starting to get you're so starting to get Rock, like mega Cena. Yeah. So the Rock and. Stone Cold are gone at that point. Gone. Cena's on the rise. Like I, I vividly remember Thugonomics. Yep. Cena. That was my favorite Cena. Yeah. I thought that was the best one. And uh, okay, so that that's uh, that's right at the start of the Rock's movie career. Yep. Um, weird. That's like Evolution era. Yeah, I I call it Evolution. Like that. What I'm trying to remember what they call it. They call it the the um the like something. Ruthless Aggression Era, I think they called it okay. that, at that point. And that's when I was still watching. That was actually my favorite point in wrestling. I wasn't even really that big of an Attitude Era guy. Okay. I was a Ruthless Aggression one. So you're still, you still have, like, you still have peak Shawn Michaels, Undertaker, Triple H. Well, that's what I was going to say Cena's is that coming up. Um, when I got into it, uh, I, it would have been – we kind of did a handoff. So when you stopped watching is when I got into it. Yeah. So, like, one of the first DVDs I bought was WrestleMania 22. Okay. So going into 23 is when I was, like, in my prime. So, um, yeah, around 22 to 23 is when. So 23 is when it was in Detroit, which is ironic. Mm. Um, but that was Cena, Michaels, and mm-hmm. the main event. That's when you had Donald Trump versus Vince. Oh, they had Loser Leaves Their Hair. Yep. Loser so, Loser Their Hair, yeah. Yep. Um, 22 is – well, 21 technically is Cena's final push to be the, the main guy. So he won the belt against JBL. Um, and then 22 is when he beat Triple H. So I basically showed up right when John Cena. You showed up at the rise of Cena um, when he's like the U.S. champ yeah. and all that good stuff. Yeah. A um, little bit of rivalry with Chris Jericho, um, who's going to be a name who shows up quite often um, mm-hmm. over the years. But, uh, yeah, so I, I basically started right when you stopped. Yep. Yep, because I, I vividly remember Brock Lesnar's prominence. Like when he like young, super athletic Brock Lesnar, all that stuff, and then like when he left, that's kind of like he wasn't the reason why. But I had like peak Kurt Angle. Yeah, I was about to say, where are you a Kurt Angle fan? Loved Kurt Angle. Oh, he's great. Kurt Angle is the best. He's one of those guys who can kind of do a little bit of everything for mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. So like he can be a dick and just be, and he's got the greatest "You suck" like that. Oh, chant. the greatest music ever. Yeah, that, that had like that, crowd that, interaction. That, that, well, that's one thing about Kobe that I thought was great is that he used that. Yeah, this is walkout. That's yeah. pretty freaking awesome. Very cheeky move. Oh yeah, I, I'm Respect. totally for it. Absolutely. Um, and he got Kurt Angle's blessing to do it too, which yeah. is the best part. <laughs> yeah, so, broke. I want a want a gold medal with a broken freaking neck. <laughs> best line ever. I'm trying to think. Okay, so if I started at 22, then mm-hmm. I would have watched up until 25. So I stopped watching 
when Sean, well, technically it's 26 is when I stopped watching because that's when Shawn Michaels lost the career versus streak versus career match to The Undertaker. Which is a great match. Yep. Um, and Shawn Michaels has always been my favorite wrestler. Heartbreak Kid. And uh, so that was the end of it for me. He comes on Raw the next day, gives his farewell, and I was in tears. My dad listening right now is already making fun of me. <laughs> I couldn't do it, dude. It was a freaking disaster. And then it might have been a couple last year, a couple of years ago. I don't know, for the heck of it. I just started to, you know, I wonder what's going on. And I think I might have saw an ad for something. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just, I've missed out on WWE. I wonder who's still relevant. So I'm looking at everything. So I miss some of the biggest. I missed all of the Daniel Bryan movement, mm-hmm. WrestleMania 30, which is arguably the best WrestleMania. Um, I missed the the Rock coming back against Cena both times. Mm-hmm. I missed all of the CM Punk takeover. Yeah, I was just about to mention. I him. missed all that stuff, and I literally, it's like I didn't know any of it was going on. Same. I think I actually I got back into it around the time that like, um, like I didn't get back into it heavy. But my buddy kind of gave me a tip. He goes, hey, you should check it out. It's kind of getting good again. I was like, all right, well, I'll turn it on. And the, when I, the first time I turned it back on is when CM Punk did the the, the threat to WWE to leave the, with the title. What do they call that? The, the pipe bomb. The pipe bomb. That's right. Yeah. So it was the threat to leave with the title, you know, WWE better when Vince McMahon's dead, yada, yada, yada. That's the first episode I watched back. I think I was – I just didn't like CM Punk in the first place. So the fact that he was the main guy, I was confused. Like there was a moment where I'm like, I don't know, maybe maybe I should start watching again. I'm like, wait a second, CM Punk is the guy that everybody loves? Fuck this. Uh, and then I stopped watching again. Turned out he was a diamond in the rough. Yeah. Cause, and I guess like he had like a really underrated rivalry with Jeff Hardy See, I before this, Hardy left again. I always felt, well, Jeff Hardy is obviously a freaking drug addict and yeah. just keeps getting into trouble. But they pushed him for a second when he won the title against Edge in Triple H at mm-hmm. Armageddon. Yeah. I think that we're talking 08 is with his big comeback, and they, they're they pushing him. And, man, they, he, they'd only let him hold the belt for – he'd win it and then instantly lose it. That happened twice, and I was pissed. That's got to suck if yeah. you're a wrestler for the organization and – you know they're they're building you up. It's like don't worry, we're gonna finally get you to get get you on that on that mountaintop. We're gonna get you there, and then they write you out of it. Honestly, like they that. did the same thing with Shawn Michaels as soon as he came back from his injury, mm-hmm. because he was the the face of WWE for a little bit, and he was a dick. You know. And yeah, he was, had a lot of issues too. Yeah, absolutely. Um, then he became and like then born he, again, right? Well, he hurt his back and couldn't wrestle. So then he did the weird, lost my smile. I'm leaving. Does the handoff to Austin to give the title at 14. Mm. Um, also, by the way, I got to give a shout out to WrestleMania 12, which is when he won his first title against Bret Hart, mm-hmm. Iron Man match. Mm-hmm. One of the greatest things of all time. And he came down on a freaking, it was great. On the zip line? Yeah. yeah. It was just freaking awesome. But he left, and then in like 2000, was it 2002? Yeah, I think that's right, because it was SummerSlam, and it was the same pay-per-view is Brock Lesnar versus The Rock. Um, but he came back and fought Triple H in jeans. He's just wearing jeans and boots. No shirt. Um, Real rough neck. They, they basically pushed him and into the first Elimination Chamber match. And he oh, won that. I think I remember. And then instantly lost it the next... It was at Survivor Series. 
and then he lost it to Triple H the next pay-per-view and then never won another big title, which is like he was always right there, especially later in his career, which is he's just had one of the most unbel- – he's literally almost had two careers, and the second half is honestly better than the first half. Yeah. Like he, towards the end, was having the best matches of his career, uh-huh. and he's freaking in his 40s. Mm-hmm. Who's better in their 40s than they were in their 20s? <laughs> AJ Styles. It's It's unbelievable what he was able to do. Uh, I, I don't know. I can't. It's just, obviously, he's my favorite, so I'm just tooting his horn. Uh, but the rivalry with Chris Jericho was freaking unbelievable. Yeah. That was, oh, that was when he fucked his eye up, too. Yeah, that's when he threw him into the TV and yeah. messed up his eye, and then uh-huh. he had a freaking Forrest Whitaker eye the rest of his life. Yeah, he's got a Bisping eye. I'm not, I can't say I'm a huge, uh, oh, Forrest Whitaker fan? No, I was going to say Uh-oh. I'm not a huge, uh, oh, shit, where was I going to go with it? Uh, not a huge fan of people with weird eyes. No. Uh, oh. I lost it. Whatever. I was about to say the, the weird eye community would have like to have a word with you. Um. Anyway. Um. I guess I don't even know where I was going with the whole thing, just in general. But I was just talking about different eras. So you say you like the ruthless aggression era. That was my favorite. I thought because like, it bolstered like the biggest roster. I, like, I was a big Edge so guy many. too. Eddie Guerrero. Eddie Guerrero. Eddie was a, Eddie was one of my favorites of all time. Were you a big Chris Benoit guy? Obviously, we know what happened yeah. while, while <laughs> yeah. he was... he put on awesome matches. Because like, he's got one of the best matches of all time when well, he yeah. won the belt. It, dude, it, Benoit was amazing, but I uh, say there were some demons there. No shit, dude. And it's like the worst story. That's gonna, that story's so fucked up, it's going to be on the next season of Mindhunter. I'm just kidding. I, that'd be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I say that in a very uh, somber way. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, dude... He he was just around then, especially on SmackDown, because SmackDown was better than Raw at the time, and they had everybody. And they had, I think, well, Jericho's on uh, Raw, but they had Mysterio, Lesnar, The Rock, Undertaker, Guerrero, Edge, Christian. Um, I but, think when, the APA. but when Edge turns rated our superstar, he's Raw. That's the Edge I didn't and, like. And then he goes back to, see, that's when I got, I was always a big Edge guy. So right when I get in, that's when Cena's rise, and it's kind of like the LeBron thing. Um, I'm not—I was never the biggest LeBron guy, and I've always found myself rooting again. I respect him. Of course. I kind of—I'm re- re- always rooting for the other guy going up against him. So I think naturally that's why I like Edge. That's a natural underdog mentality. Yeah. Way. So Knock I think off the giant. I loved—I uh, loved Edge, and I loved how much of a dick that he was. I love the rated R superstar the questionable look. Lita. The live, the live sex <laughs> celebration? Are you kidding me? Of that course, freaking middle school me is freaking out about this dude. Pitching tents. <laughs> Monday Night Raw, baby. Uh, Emphasis on the Raw. I guess my question for you is, obviously, we're, we're looking back at the glory days, mm-hmm. and we're sitting here now still talking about it. What do you think it is that just, you know, that it seems kind of timeless? Like, we can st- be any age and still be into pro wrestling. It's like we never lose that. That fire for I think it's just being dumb boys. Like I think that's one. That, that's really like I think that's a real big part of it. Mm-hmm. Like we like just kind of like raw, visceral, dumb shit. I get. Oh, here's another thing: is that like I know some guys who are strictly into boxing and UFC mm-hmm. and whatnot, and they hate that shit. They think it's stupid as hell. Obviously, it's scripted, but mm-hmm. they're really doing that stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so, what are your thoughts on? The, what do you say to those people? 
shut the fuck up. <laughs> like you guys are being being be being stupid. stupid. I mean, stupid. it's it's fun. Uh, yes, it's not real, but these guys are really putting their bodies through some stuff for our entertainment. And I think while yes, the punches and the CTE aren't there unless you're the rabid wolverine. Ouch. But god. Um they're still like they're putting on a show for people. And I think, I think you need to take it for what it is and not try to be such a hard ass about everything. It's great storytelling. You it know is. When, I, when I was in the thick of it, my uncle one time said to me, he's like, "You know, honestly, those guys are really good actors. You know, they all have their different cuz he watched it back in the day. So, you know, Sergeant Slaughter and mm. Ultimate Warrior and all that good stuff. Well, it's cool that there's that generate. It's cool just how there's the different generations. There's there's the Hulkster mm-hmm. era and Andre Brother. the Giant and all that good stuff. There's the 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 freaking Rock and Stone Cold era. There's the Cena era. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Each era is defined by something. I don't know who I would give the most. Like I guess the the PG era to. Like who's the Cena. face of that? Is it, you think it's still Cena? Yeah. Like are if we're if, are we still in it? Are you still considering us in it right now? Because if so, then I mean. I think there's a there's a. Well, I don't. It's, it it got weird. I think that's the problem is that there's not necessarily like a he. They wanted Roman Reigns to be the next dude, and the people are like, this is terrible. It was going to be Daniel Bryan. So once we got to WrestleMania 30, he wins the belt. He you know he's the number one push guy. Everybody's saying yes, yes. He gets hurt. He can't wrestle nope. anymore. They're pushing Roman Reigns. They're putting Roman Reigns in the main event every WrestleMania. Nobody is rooting for him. Everybody's booing this guy. So by the time the main event happens, nobody wants him to win. But that doesn't mean they want Brock Lesnar to win either because Brock Lesnar came back. Yeah, he's and, a bad guy. You know? and, well, so, that, and he's a retread, and people kind of get tired of him because they look at guys like Roman Reigns they look at guys like Lesnar, and they look like, oh, Vince is back to his old ways because Vince loves the big, juiced-up, muscle, meathead guy to be the face of the company i guess there's a point there is that it's like cena worked out because not only was he that but he was good on the microphone he's awesome he's an all-timer on it he's a top three for me yeah. when it got like when the rock came back i was just watching you know of course uh, i just missed so much history that i went back and i'm looking at everything cena roasted the rock multiple times mm-hmm. on the mic cena helped cena did what he could in the time he was in because I think Cena would have fit in perfectly fine in the Attitude Era, the Ruthless Aggression Era, whatever you want to call him. I think he would have done just fine. But given the fact that he was in this era where everything had to be a little bit more clean, everything had to be a lot more diverse in terms of going towards a younger crowd and trying to stay relevant that way and not placating to adults all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, That's why his image was switched. That's why he went away from like the Doctor of Thugonomics and all this stuff, and he ended up going to like Military Man wearing colors, all this stuff. He was he was what they needed at the time that they needed it. And it worked. And it just helped that he was clever on the mic. He mm-hmm. could wrestle. While he had a lot of matches where it was the same shit over and over again, you got to realize, too, a lot of people that were complaining, the wrestling community, they're a bunch of fickle dorks. Yep. It's really what they are. Well, Cena's whole run is re- interesting to me because – so I got out of it when he was still on top. But after I left – you got half the crowd cheering for him and half the crowd booing him mm-hmm. because he just got the reputation that he was always going to win. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he, he definitely had a hiccup when they were doing the NXT thing with, uh, like, Wyatt. Oh, the Nexus. Nexus, that's yeah. what it is. 
Um, that was just they. And he squashed them all. They flubbed. They flubbed that big time. Horribly. Um, so that's one kind of dent in his armor. But I totally respect what he did and the fact that he embraced the people that were still rooting for him and the people who didn't. You know, it's like he's get. Regardless, he's getting the views. You know, he's yeah. get he's getting people to tune in because yep. they love him and because people hate him and want to see him lose. He did his job. So you know, he's all timer for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess. Well, I was gonna save this for later, but. Just right now, off the top of your head, what what's your Mount Rushmore wrestlers? Mm, that's opinion? hard. Uh, my personal Mount Rushmore would be Rey Mysterio, because you, you I thought think Rey Mysterio is on the Mount Rushmore wrestlers. Yeah, because of what he did for the cruiserweights. Okay. Because I thought he's the face of the cruiserweights, and he's the face of smaller wrestlers. See, I don't know if he's even in. Like, if I were to do tiers, he might be in my third tier. That's fine. Personal Mount Rushmore. That's true. He he did he he was big for the cruiserweights for the small guys and the fact when he had that giant killer phase phase too when he was beating like Kevin Nash and all these guys big um, show he had a thing with Big Show yep. and yeah and he and he beat Brock yeah he beat Brock for the title at WrestleMania I remember that he no he didn't or he beat someone big. he beat Kurt Angle and Randy Orton at twenty that's what it was that's what it was, it was he won the yeah he won the but he won the uh, Royal Rumble, Rumble. Yeah. at number one yep so. He he did a lot of things for the smaller guys, which is a big thing. Yeah. Um, and then I would put Stone Cold, Hogan. I'm leaving The Rock off. I really think Stone Cold was ten times better. Hogan was huge. He helped explode yep. wrestling. And then I would give it to – I give it uh, – I give it to Cena. See, okay, so I he go. Carried, he carried the PG era. I think you got to go Hulk Hogan. I think you go Stone Cold. You go Undertaker. Oh, I forgot about him. And then my last spot. I'm taking on Cena and putting Taker. My last spot is Cena. I think what he did and the amount of time that he did it for, um, I think it's kind of unmatched. Um, if I did a second tier, that's when you can throw Shawn Michaels is kind of my honorable mention mm-hmm. so he's like the sixth man he's right there so he's number one on the next tier mm-hmm. um, you could probably throw um, The Rock and Ric Flair mm-hmm. in there um, maybe Chris Jericho too it's gotta be um, and then, then we can go on and on from there but that's probably my two tiers of people uh, I know that there's maybe older listeners Listeners who are like, what? Back you don't have day? Bruno San Martino in there? Give me a break, dude. Obviously, I'm only 22. Um, I, when I was into it, I watched all the old stuff. Um, but obviously, I'm going to be a little more biased to yeah, 90s up. To what you watched. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I firmly stand. I, and the only controversial thing I think I even have said is that Cena is in the Mount Rushmore of WWF or WWE. Mm-hmm. Um but I'll stand by that, you know. Um, I would argue the the opposite, that those people probably weren't watching Cena throughout his entire reign. Yeah. Um, so, you know, pick your poison. Yeah. I think, um, that's, I think that's perfectly fine. I don't think there's anything controversial there at all. Yeah. Um, okay, so another thing that I find very interesting about you, obviously there's a lot of people out there who are pro wrestling fans, but you also like independent wrestling, which Big. I know nothing about. So break that down for me. How did you even get into that? Independent wrestling is what brought me back to wrestling. Ah. It wasn't the WWE. 
because my buddy Chris, shout out to Chris Curtis. Uh, this was this couldn't have happened without you. Um, he he's like, hey, we go to these shows in Chicago. It's for uh, free plug, an organization called AEW, which I think it's called like All Elite Wrestling. Smaller shows um, out in like Marionette Park, Lincoln Park, Berwyn, Chicago area. It, I, I, they're obviously smaller shows, but they put on big shows the way that these wrestlers come. So now while, cause like you're an independent wrestler, you could work for like a big organization. Like if you're not working for the WWE, you're also working for an organization that's smaller. You get a lot of international guys. So you get a lot of like Lucha Libre guys that work, that go for like triple a, which is whatever, like their wrestling company down there, which is like big and like luchador wrestling. Uh, you get guys from Japan, you get all these guys across the world and they'll come and they bounce and do all these different shows. Yeah. I know like the Japanese scene is really big too. Oh, NJ. Oh, New Japan, yeah, killer. Yeah, you guys, if, if you're into wrestling, watch New Japan Pro Wrestling. And it's kind of they treat that different out there. They actually kind of treat it like a professional sport. Yeah, because oh, obviously WWE is like the mainstream. That's that's the main thing. That's what everybody knows. But then the independent scene has like, is, as far as I'm concerned, there's three big dogs, isn't there? There's AEW, New Japan, and some. What's the third one? Uh, a well, AEW. It's AEW's not like, uh, oh yeah, AEW New Japan. Because what I was gonna get to is All In, which is basically oh. the combination of these big independent. Oh, um, God, I'm the name of it slipping me right now. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Ring of Honor. Ring of Honor. Yes, yeah. uh, Ring of Honor All In. Like All In is like the biggest of the independent shows where they it's bring kind of everyone the WrestleMania together. of okay. independent. Uh, wrestling and you get a lot of guys who and and you can tell there's it's starting to gain a lot of prop popularity because AEW just signed that deal with tnt so now they're on a major cable network yeah i mean that it's becoming a thing and I, you're seeing more and more people from wwe that are moving over hence chris jericho who's mm -hmm. still relevant who holds the belt there right yes now. yeah it, well it's a way for these like you can make more money because you control all your merch sales, you can sell what you want, you can work on your own schedule. Because like the WWE schedule is grueling, mm -hmm. and a lot of travel, a lot of stuff, and it's well documented that these guys like the travel is brutal, and it's tough. And a lot of these guys will take breaks from it, or they will hope to find greener pastures by making it on their own. Cody Rhodes, Cody Rhodes was a scrub in WWE. The yeah. way they used to treat him, terrible. like the way they used to utilize him, it was terrible. Stardust, like. Was Goldust's weird little brother that would hiss at you all the time with a big star in his face? Terrible. Like, you're wasting talent. Now he's he's the guy at AEW. He's the figurehead, you know? And he's a damn good wrestler, and he was in Ring of Honor. He gained a lot of popularity. He was part of one of the biggest stables in the wrestling community, which is the Bullet Club. I guess I wasn't aware. So the the independent shows that you went to, uh -huh. they were AEW shows? They used guys who are in AEW. Oh. Oh, AAW. Okay. Sorry, I got oh, that totally. A yeah, yeah, AAW. I guess that's why I've been confused the whole time. My mistake. You're good. Yeah. Um, they they'll get guys like from all over. They they've had guys from New Japan come and wrestle at these shows. If you wouldn't mind, uh, I know you have an epic story about one of the times you went oh, to one of these stories. So yes. if you could enlighten the the viewers or listeners. Okay. So, as we know, um. NXT is kind of like WWE's sort of independent kind of like training ground show, right? It's like their minor leagues where they do develop guys. Well, a lot of these guys that they pick up and develop are independent wrestlers. 
And a lot of these guys um, sometimes don't make it in NXT, and they'll still keep doing these. Well, one of the guys they had, his name was Chris Hero, and I forget what he goes by in NXT, but Chris Hero was wrestling at this show against a Mexican guy, a luchador named Pentagon Jr. Uh, he's got a different name now, but he went by Pentagon Jr. at the time. Um, it was a Halloween show. We're only like a couple rows back at an AAW show. And um, match was really good. And then the match spilled out. Like, dude got hooked over the, over the barricade, over the railing, right into our row. He's coming at me. Uh, uh, Chris Hero comes at me. And dude picks him up, puts him on my chair. So I had to duck out of the way. Like, I hop up out of my chair. And at the time, I was holding a bucket that had, like, five beer bottles in there. Full beer bottles. Mind you, I spent, like, 15 bucks on this oh, thing. Oh, I bet. Oh, this shit was expensive. <laughs> Dude, I was so pissed. Get up. Everyone's like, oh, it's going crazy. Dude's sitting in my chair. And then Pentagon, crazy mask, crazy face paint, all this stuff, just looks around and then makes eye contact with me. I'm just sitting there dumbfounded, dick in a hand, beer, <laughs> beer, beer bucket in the other. And I go, huh? And he points at me. And I was like, me? He goes, see rips the beer bucket out of my hand and just swings it around full force and clocks homeboy in the head with it. I was pissed. That was 15 bucks gone. That's all I cared about. Beer fucking laying everywhere. Beer bottle broken. And he goes, thank you. And then just picks him up and throws him back into the ring. I go, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> audibly, you could hear it, too. Guy next to me goes, that sucks. And I was like, screw you, buddy. Match continues, match ends, and then the intermission comes up, you know, after a few matches after that. And at every show, after you walk in, there's a big setup for all these guys to meet the crowd, sell their merch, take mm -hmm. pictures, so on and so forth. And I find him. I'm deliberately looking for this guy because he wasted my fucking money. <laughs> Go up, and I was like, you. He goes, huh? Like, <laughs> He's like, you owe me beer. <laughs> he goes, me? Like, yeah, Cervezas, now. <laughs> and he goes, oh, that was you. And I was like, yeah. He goes, ah, no problem. Come with me. <laughs> and they fucking walk up. To this guy and I walk up. He's in full garb still. And he buys me a, like buys me another bucket. And he goes, sorry about that. And then just walks away. <laughs> oh, without the accent and everything. He's like, <laughs> no, there's the accent. I just can't do the accent oh. right now. But he goes, sorry about that. Like taps me in the chest. It would be just, funny if he was like. Hey man, I'm sorry that. You well, but to... I'm so sorry. I did not mean to waste your beer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that'd be great. But that was fun, and stuff like that happens at these shows all the time. And the, the best part is you get to meet these guys, and they're really cool people. Sure. Really cool. People. I met X Pac. Oh really? Yeah, I met X Pac at one of them. Old yeah. Sean Walton. A little former DX yep. member. Yeah. Yep. He had his dog with him too. Really? Cool. What kind of dog was it? It was like a little Pomeranian, but it was missing its it was missing its jaw. Weird. Yeah, but it was a cute little dog. Okay. okay. Yeah. He loved that dog. He carried it. He carried it everywhere with him, like a football. What do you think of? Uh, so obviously the independent scene is getting bigger, and AEW now is on TNT. Yep. Um, Chris Jericho's on there. You know, it's just it's getting a lot of buzz right now. Mm -hmm. Obviously WWE hasn't really gone anywhere. What do you think of that rivalry? Do you think it's going to become a thing? I don't think it's going to be a rivalry. I think it's going to be a showcase for two separate things. So you don't think that they're going to butt heads at all? No, because WWE is too big to take down. Okay. And it's nice because they stagger their shows. The only thing they compete against is NXT. And NXT should have stayed on their 
streaming site, in my opinion. Okay. I don't think it's a show that's built for cable television. Why is that? It's not entertaining enough in terms of connecting to the public with Mike skills. It's a better wrestling product than you get with, like, SmackDown or Raw. I know there's been a couple five-star matches that have been on NXT. I'm like, what the fuck? There's great matches that are on there all the time. I think NXT is a better pure wrestling product. Like, what you watch on NXT is what you get at these independent shows more. Oh, okay. Yeah. What's the last event you went to? Uh, It's been a while. We're going to one on November 30th. Oh, okay. Yeah. So that's coming up. Yep. Yeah, it's going to be a good one, too. That one's at Lincoln... Lincoln Square, so that's the one venue I haven't been to, which is like it's like a really cool banquet hall, like big open one. But there's some crazy stuff. Like I saw a guy get pile drived in the side of the ring, like Canadian Destroyer, mm-hmm. like the one where you pile drive a guy after you do like a front flip with him mm-hmm. on the ring apron. Whew. Yeah, like you see that shit all the time. Wow. Another one I saw was on Halloween, and they took wood skewers. Like jammed it in a guy's head. What? Yeah. Jesus. It was a hardcore match. No shit. Emphasis on the hardcore. Okay. Yeah. So we we pretty we talked UFC. We talked uh, pro wrestling, both mm-hmm. uh, professional and then independent. Yeah. Um. Now we're getting into some categories that I like to do. Okay. Um. So we're gonna go. We're gonna start with speed round, and it's gonna be wrestling themed. So okay. I'm just gonna fire random questions at you. Just give me the first thing that pops to your head. All right. Okay, who's got your favorite uh, wrestling song? Right now? Just in general, all the time. So, like, what's your, who's got your favorite theme music? Uh, Kurt Angle. Okay, and what about just entrance as a whole? Is it still Kurt Angle? Uh, n- Is that what, because Kurt Angle's entrance is a little interactive because you get the crowd singing, you suck. Yeah, no. Okay. Favorite entrance as a whole, Chris Jericho. Really? Yeah. To break the walls down. Uh-huh. The countdown okay. timer, the silhouette, all that. See, I thought it would be Rey Mysterio. Nah. You get the booyaka, booyaka, and no. then he, he pops, pops up. Pops out of the ground. Oh, dude, that's freaking fantastic. Yeah, but then he went away from it because he started getting old and fat. Yeah, he's, kinda, <laughs> he's a little thick now. He's thick these days. Yeah, he's dad He's dad, dad bud Mysterio Jr. Dude, real quick, does his real face bother you? It just, he's a baby face. He doesn't look like he'd be Rey Mysterio. There's a weird. He better shower in that mask. There was a weird time in WCW where they demasked him, and then he went without a mask for the longest time. He's dressed up like a cholo. No, he had like you. earrings and like big baggy camouflage pants. And he used to roll with like a uh, bunch of bunch of dudes. It was really weird. Okay, so we've talked about him a bunch. Do you have a favorite Rey Mysterio match? Uh, uh, the Kevin Nash match when he finally beat him. Like, when it was, like, a big deal during his giant killer face. Because Nash was, like, bullying him and picking on him and all that stuff. and kept trying to take his mask, take his mask, and then he beat him. And then Nash still, like, ripped his mask off. It was really good because he was, like, still doing all the crazy high-flying stuff. See, I don't know if I've ever seen it, but I just hear rumors that there is an epic SummerSlam match with Rey Mysterio and Kurt Angle. And it's a short one, but it's just nonstop Mm -hmm. the whole time. That's one of the reasons why I loved Kurt Angle. Because Kurt Angle is one of the best workers in the entire. Oh, industry. his match with Shawn Michaels at twenty one is incredible. It is balls it's to incredible. the balls to the wall. Yeah. Like he doesn't stop, and that's what you see is like athletic pedigree. Okay, when well, what about your favorite Chris Jericho match? Oh, he had one with Shawn Michaels that was really good. Um, at WrestleMania 19? I think so. Okay. Because it could you could either go that route 
Um, or you could go like the newer stuff because they had a ladder match that's an all timer too. That was at like, I think that was at like a Randa is at No Mercy or Cyber Sunday or something, and that was when Jericho had the belt. And every time it just didn't work out for him. He had a really good. He was at No Mercy. He had a. He's had really good ones late in his career too. When he was Chris Jericho has just always been good. Yeah. Yeah. He's had one with Kenny Omega that was really good in New Japan. Yeah. Also, Kenny Omega is. He's the face of independent wrestling. Really? That guy is amazing talent. He actually left the WWE voluntarily because of Bill DeMott. Okay. Because he was in NXT. And he was going through the development system all the time, and then the whole Bill DeMott controversy happened because this guy was like a big piece of shit. Mm-hmm. And he's like, "Yeah, I'm not doing that. I'm not subject. I'm not subjecting myself to this shit. So I'm going to get out of here, and I'm just going to go do my own thing." And then, like you know, guys like AJ Styles and him, he kind of took the torch from AJ Styles when Styles left. What? Okay. Um, wait. So what was the Chris Jericho match that you nominate as your favorite? Uh, it's it's split between uh, Michaels. And his match against Kenny Omega at the Grand at the Grand Prix. Okay, and then what's your favorite finisher all time? Ooh, I loved back to Jericho. I loved the Lion Tamer, not when he had not the walls of Jericho, but the Lion Tamer when you'd have your body contorted sideways and you put his knee in your back and just start just stretching that bitch out. But uh, Angle Slam too. Okay. Uh, the Angle Slam was awesome because mm-hmm. he would huck your ass. <laughs> He would lift you like a sack of feathers. Did you play any of the video games? Other oh, yes. So you play like the, yes. the obviously there's the, the all the SmackDown ones, oh, but sh- then there's SmackDown versus Raw. Nah, dude. The, Are the, you kidding me? Up until, let me think. I go. I played up until '09, and all those were freaking bangers. The best. '05 was awesome, but the story mode didn't have like any. Like, they didn't do any of the voiceovers, so you had to read it. Dude. Disappointing. Greatest wrestling game ever is WWE SmackDown Shut Your Mouth. So you had that? The okay. best. The best. Not even close. Biggest think, roster think, of characters. I think that's the, the difference in our ages right there. PS2. Is that I'm uh, SmackDown versus Raw, and you're an old school SmackDown. I thought you were going to say, like, bring the pain or something. No. No. Shut Your Mouth. What? Shut Your Mouth is the best one. Okay. It had a huge roster. Sure. Tons of specials, mm-hmm. the best career mode. The career mode was the best because you take you could like pick a wrestler, and then you just start a career, or whatever. And like it was like a free roam game, so you like would free roam the backstages and all that stuff, and you would start rivalries by like walking up to a wrestler, just like walking around, start talking shit to him, and then you would have like a year long rivalry with them, leading up to like WrestleMania or like SummerSlam, or, like one of the big pay per views. Had like different venues you could fight at. Had like all the stages from like Sunday Night Heat and. All that stuff, like the Wednesday night shows they used to have. Like, it was the best. It had so much to it. And it was the first one that had Rey Mysterio in it mm-hmm. when he first went to WWE. And he did the 619 with the Hurt Karana at the end of it, not the one where he just body splashed you. That's the best one. Easy. Okay. And then my favorite. So the thing that brings me to being a little kid about pro wrestling every time, I think it's the best part, is the pops. Oh yeah, the moments that get the crowd erupting. Yes, just just one little ah, mm-hmm. whether that's an entrance of somebody, like somebody shows up unexpectedly, just or somebody gets a big win that you weren't expecting. It's just the best moments in just wrestling. Blows the roof off the building. What's your favorite pop of all time? It's actually a consistent one. Okay, one that like 
f- from the entrance, like I've never felt. Is it when Austin no. comes back to say, "Really?" I've never seen energy like this in a crowd. Okay. From like like a consistent energy. Okay. And it was Money in the Bank, 2013, when CM Punk and beat Cena. Beat Cena. CM Punk was the first one to come out, and it was wasn't that it, in Chicago? It was in Chicago. Oh yeah, well no shit. It was yeah. at it was at the Allstate Arena, I think. Yep. I've never heard a crowd like that. Wait, before. you were there? I no, I wasn't there. Oh, okay. Just watching the event. Okay. I had never heard a crowd like that in my life. Like, and that's that's counting like outside of like some miraculous like college football shit that's happened with like a crowd full of junk students and all that stuff where people go nuts. But like in terms of just like pure hype from a crowd cheering on one guy from beginning to end. It was energy, pure energy. You could drink the energy. Uh, if I had to throw out some honorable mentions, because obviously you're not wrong. You know, it's in his hometown. Of course, that makes sense. Yeah. And he beats Cena, of all people, yes. too. Um, and it's a, an amazing match, too. Yep. Um, and it's clean. I think it was a five-star match. Yep, and it's clean, too. Yep. Love that. Um, when Mankind beat The Rock. Did you the first time? Yes. Because there was a while there where the Rock just shit on mankind over and over and over, mm-hmm. and then we're talking when he hit him with the the chair shots like seven yeah. hard oh, ones. Dude. One of the so this is just it's just, he's just how getting, Mick Foley is not dumb after that. He's just constantly week after week just getting shit on. Well, they have a match right, and Vince McMahon's there, and they're freaking just clowning him, and they're. It's just hor- horrible sight, and then all of a sudden you hear the glass break. Stone Cold freaking comes down, just gives him the business, and then throws Mankind on the rock. And then the ref wakes back up, of course. One, two, three. And then the place <sighs> literally freaking exploded. Another one. This one's obviously one that um, I was around for when I was watching it. It's when Cena and 08 came back at the Royal Rumble. Yeah. Because he tore at his... Madison Square Garden. He tore his pec. Yep. Like four months before. And mm-hmm. he was supposed to be out for eight months. And mm-hmm. after four months, was able to come back. And it was at the Royal Rumble, and he was the last person. 30th yep. spot. Everybody's waiting. Triple H was in the ring. And just looking Umaga's like, oh, in fuck. there. Everybody's looking, and you hear the... Dun, dun, dun. Crowd was fucking insane. Oh, yeah. He's looking down. He looks up. You get the... Oh. Freaking great, dude. All-time pop right there. Um, okay, and then finally, we went through my speed round of questions. Right. Um, another thing I like to do is to honor my dad with a top three question of, I guess, the pod. And that question for you is your top three favorite matches of all time. Oh, Strictly WWE. Yeah, yeah. Let's let's how about that. Let's keep it uh, or WWF, whatever. Okay, number three. Uh, Mankind Undertaker, Hell in a Cell. Oh yeah, that one's good. Number two, Punk Cena. Number one, Stone Cold Rock, WrestleMania seventeen. In so Houston? the second time that they in Houston. Yeah. Yeah, when uh, Stone Cold had his heel turn at the end of it. Yeah, that one was freaking wild. Yeah. Because they did it. They fought three times at Mania, yep. and Stone Cold won the first two. That was a that was an awesome match. Yeah. That was a really good event. That was one of my favorite WrestleManias to date. Sure. And the, and the old Houston uh, Astrodome, too. God. 
I am old. Let me think of. You did three, so let me come up with. Um. I don't want to be a Michaels fanboy, but uh, my number I easily have a number one. Um, but I I'm struggling to think of the other two on the spot. Honorable mention, real quick, before you get into yours. Sure. The ladder match, WrestleMania 2000, Dudley's, Hardy's. Oh yeah. Edge and Christian. Oh yeah. That was a fucking insane. They match. did that multiple times too. Yeah. I don't think this is in my top three, or just even maybe top ten. But just thoughts on The Rock and Hulk Hogan, the icon versus icon. That had big pops in it too. Yeah. And well, that yeah. was an interesting because technically the match was Toronto, wasn't the best, it? but it was. That one's interesting too because it wasn't even the main event. The Era versus Era match. Yeah, and that one, it's like they were. Ju- that's a perfect example of them just feeding off of the crowd. Yeah. So, like, I think it was scripted to be completely different, and then the place started erupting, and it started to go Hulk Hogan's way, so they just went with it. That was an honorable mention pop, too, when Hulk started hulking up. Oh, yeah. Like, after he was getting his ass oh, beat. dude. No, brother. Like, that was awesome. That yeah. was just so cool. Like, that just that kind of was, like, nostalgic in a way. Mm-hmm. Like, just made you feel so good. It's like, get him, Hulk. Get him. And then he lost, but still. Like, brother. <laughs> That was when he was NWO Boy, Hulk, too. Actually, Hollywood Hogan. I don't, okay, they're not as bad. They're both fucking terrible. So that that might have been the match for the worst finisher ever. The, the atomic f- leg drop. Dude, that's freaking horrible. The <laughs> it's only time, so bad. The only time it was cool was in Rocky Three, and he was Thunder, Thunder Lips. Lips. Thunder Lips in the flesh, baby. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dude, all he's time. He's a terrible man. actor. He was, well, and he's playing a wrestler in that. I know. He's, he's being a dick, and afterwards he's like, what was going on there? And he just basically says that, you know, he's just got to keep the, the fans happy. Rocky says, can we get a picture? He's like, oh, yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> that was that, That's one of my favorite Rocky movies, Rocky Three. Oh, dude. Mr. Oh, yeah. T was a great. Clubber Lang. Yeah. Listen here, woman. I don't know what it feels like to be the real man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right the Reporters right before the fight. Like, do you have any predictions for the fight? He says, my prediction? Pain. <laughs> oh, dude. All timer right there. You kidding me? This guy's a wrecking machine. <laughs> he eats lightning, craps thunder. <laughs> Fucking Mick. Rest okay. in peace. All right, all right. Um, so my number one is easily it's Michael's Undertaker. Mm-hmm. Twenty five, the mm-hmm. first time. It might be the best match I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. It has one kind of botch in it, and I still love it to death. Undertaker jumps over the top rope and kind of misses. Um, did that a lot. And he runs into the ref, kind of. <laughs> he, like, barely touched Michaels, but whatever. Whatever. It's still, it might have one of the coolest finishes I've ever seen, too, because they're just kicking out of every finisher possible. He tombstones multiple times, nothing. Last ride, nothing. Sweet chin, multiple times, nothing. And then all of a sudden, end of the match, Michaels gets on the, the top turnbuckle. Moonsault. Taker catches him midair, tombstones him. Ends. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? That's the freaking best match I've ever seen in my life. That's one of those matches that it's like, like, like physically exhausting, watching it. Oh my gosh! Also, shout out to Michael's retiring Ric Flair at 24. Oh, the I'm sorry kick, dude. That was freaking great too. Heart wrenching. Or Michael's. Well, Michael's is just the fucking go. I'm gonna just own the, him and Benoit and Triple H, Triple Threat. To to basically give oh, Benoit, that that's a good one too. That's a good one. Uh, 
I don't know what my my other two would be, but another one I gotta give a shout out to. It's when Taker. This is right before WrestleMania 23. It's when Taker won the Rumble, but you had so many storylines in that, and it's the one that ended with Michaels versus Taker, and they ended up both being in uh, title matches um, that following um, WrestleMania. So I mean, regardless of who won, but it almost turned into a match mid-Royal Rumble, or at the end of the Royal Rumble, and it was awesome. And that kind of just goes into the story between those two, because they were in the first Hell in a Cell match together, too. Mm-hmm. And Michaels hurt his back against Taker mm-hmm. in a casket match. Yeah. That he got thrown over the ropes and then hit his back on the casket, and that's what fucked it up. So they just have such a history. They really, yeah. Those, I, oh, it's a, one of the greatest rivalries ever. Oh, dude, that's got one of my favorite wrestling moments ever. And it was nothing happened, and it, it was a pop. It was like they both basically collided, and they're just on the ground. And the Undertaker sits up, and Michaels does his freaking His kip-up? Yeah. They do it at the same time, and it's like, the place went freaking crazy, <laughs> dude. Oh, man. Those are the two probably the greatest performers that the business has ever seen. Because obviously, um, Taker had the streak at WrestleMania. And Michaels, I think it's just so impressive to be nicknamed Mr. WrestleMania when you didn't win every match. No, but you fucking, you tore the sh- you tore the house down. That's the thing I think I loved about him most is it didn't matter if he won or lost. And as he got older, he got better. Yeah. So it's if you, if you want young Michaels, that's good too. But the stories they told when he was older is just fucking unbelievable. I would have loved to have seen a dream match between like. I got to see him live. Like I, I got, my Michaels. dad took me to. Uh, Michael, oh, dude, I got to talk about this. So I've only been to one wrestling match in my life, and it wasn't even like a Raw or anything. It was just, I don't even know what it would have been called, but it was in Lansing. It was just at the, I think it was at the Breslin Center, where basically where the Spartans play. Mm-hmm. Um, and the main event, I think at the time, Triple H held the belt. So it was going to be Triple H versus, like, JBL, and then the co-main was going to be Shawn Michaels versus Umaga. So that, that's just a weird yeah. bunching. But it gets time to be the main event. And the basically announcer says that they canceled the co-main event. And I drew a sign of Shawn Michaels. Like I had, I was ready. And they canceled it. And I'm sitting there. And you, you, you couldn't even have imagined what my emotions were at that moment devastated and then they say so now the new main event has been changed to a tag team match and here ding ding they freaking do dx and they come out in their full dx break it down ding 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 they're throwing shit in the crowd and this is not oh this is not when they were like doing this is like post when they did the the dx comeback so like it wasn't like oh so like they weren't even like in DX like they weren't even it like, wasn't even prime televised DX this is just like you know what, we're just gonna do this this for was the crowd. yeah this was after that that is awesome so it's yeah oh my god dude Man. I'm thinking about it now and I'm like oh that had to be one of the best wrestling moments of your life I was freaking the fuck out dude bring it down anyway I think that's the perfect place to end the pod oh honorable mention match oh okay Goldberg Gilbert I don't have anything to say to you. Um, uh, okay. Uh, thank you, Jared, for coming on. Yeah, it's my pleasure. 
Um, oh, actually, do you want to update the people on uh, how you're doing in our fantasy league? Uh, yeah, I actually want to make a comment about your fantasy league and oh. your little your little buddies. Okay. Um, I'm getting offended at these fucking trades they keep offering me. Okay. What is up with that? Anybody specific? Too many. I can think of one person who probably does that. Nick? Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> he was on my last episode, so this is awesome that we're getting both sides of it. I'm getting greatly offended at these well, actually, trades. Actually, he's really mad at you right now. Actually, let's bring that up. Let's let's start. Oh, a we have beef. Yeah. What's the beef? Well, he sent you a trade that somehow didn't go through. So then. It oh yeah, the one for Chris Godwin that I accepted. And so then like, he sent it Chris again, Godwin. and then and you wouldn't do it. Nope, because Chris Godwin had a huge game right after. So that's kind of messed up. Hey, you know, don't hate the player, hate the game. I mean, I mean, yeah, I did accept it. Yeah. I, I'll give him that. But then, like Chris got, like, it, what takes like two days for the trade to yeah, it actually takes a while. finalize. And I don't know what happened, but it didn't go through. It didn't go through because during that period where it needed to finalize, where it needed to be like it needed to go through the proper channels. Correct. Um, Godwin ended up playing. It was a Thursday night game yep. against Carolina, and he had a big game. Uh huh. And I think because he played. For some reason, it canceled it out. Oh, so it's like if you guys did that on if we did it on like a Tuesday, yep. or then it, or and we since did it on he Monday, played on your team, yeah, it like fucked like it up. No one voided it. Oh, so that's not really anybody's fault. It's just you being a dick for not then re-accepting it. Yes. So there wasn't. There's not technical diff. That's what it is. Yeah. Oh, dude, it makes so much sense now. He's fucking pissed, and he thinks you personally fucking were able to avoid it somewhat and he's the fucking commissioner of the league yeah so nick i don't know what kind of power you think i have i ain't jerry jones over here <laughs> all right i'm listen I, like i said don't hate the player hate the game chris godwin is a proud member of team john wayne gase and he's killing it this year um just a little update um jared is two and three in the league but Chris Godwin is awesome. Nick is also two and three. What is his? What's Nick's team again? It is not having a good time. He offered me another trade, and my team is sitting at a happy four and one. He wants my quarterback, my backup backup quarterback. I'm sure people don't necessarily want to hear about our fantasy football teams, but I'm glad that we were able to settle that out um, on the pod. He's trying to get him again, and we know that you both have losing <laughs> records. And I'm freaking four and one. And on this pod, we do not support D'Angelo Starks, who freaking is colluding and is the worst human. Just kidding, he's not the worst human. But fantasy football wise, I hate him. Collusion and, is frowned upon. Uh, yeah. Actually, technically, he didn't even. Somebody else sent him the worst trade of all time, and he just accepted. Why? It's anyway. Whatever. It's a disaster. <laughs> the end of this pod is a disaster. Um, so we might as well end on that. Do you have any final words? Uh, Yeah, the Bears are in deep shit. I'm not putting too much stock in the London game because it's London. It's tough travel, all that stuff. We don't have a starting quarterback. Uh, that doesn't really mean much. Uh, listen, I know you're basking in the glory you guys have seen in the last, like, what, 50 fucking years or whatever. Um, but it's tough. They got to buy. They say Trubisky might be able to come back. They are better with Trubisky. But there are some questions. And I'm not in full suicide mode yet, but we're – the noose is getting a little tight. And I'm obviously a Lions fan, 
So I'm used to just all the worst possible case things. So even though they started off pretty well, um, I know they have a hard season. And, you know, if, uh, if it goes well, sweet. If not, I'm not surprised, motherfuckers. Hasta luego.